Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Local Indie Artist Network. We are local artists talking with other local artists about what works, what doesn't, and what might. Also, craft beer. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the first Local Indie Artist Network podcast. I'm Danny. And I'm Jeff, and we're your hosts. Our guest today is an amazing jazz prog guitar player who's absolutely killing it on Instagram right now. He has over 30,000 followers there and regularly posts video clips of him playing his unique style of polyrhythmic prog jazz, as well as a slew of other styles. So go follow him at HoraceBray.music and thank us later. That being said, welcome to the show, Horace. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Super happy to be here. Absolutely. Right um, I, like, I like the prog jazz label. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, yeah, I I'd think, say so. You know? Right on. Oh. Uh, before we start, talk about our podcast. It's it's meant to be a platform for uh, local and independent artists to come on here, shoot the shit, share some tips and tricks, or just bitch about what's troubling you guys. And uh, we also like to talk about craft beer. Yeah. Yes, yes, we do. We're uh, we're from originally Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jeff still lives there. I moved to New York, and uh, Milwaukee's sort of the land of craft beer. So we're big fans and. Uh, we kind of think local brewers and brewmasters are artists in their own right, so we want to kind of give a shout-out to local breweries at the beginning of each podcast. So, yeah. uh, We've asked Horace to have a beer on hand, and Jeff and I are also drinking a beer. I'm drinking a Pork Slap Pale Ale from Butternut's Beer and Ale. It's pretty good. What do you got, Jeff? I am going with New Glarus. And uh, they're known for their spotted cow, and I'm trying strawberry oh. rhubarb. Sounds good. It's very fruitful. It's kind of good because it's 11 in the morning, and probably shouldn't be drinking because I got shit to do, but priorities. <laughs> yeah, so. well, you know. What do you got, Horace? <laughs> and I have, a, I have a Brooklyn summer ale. I'm not sure, like, are, would you call them craft? They're pretty big now. I think so. I mean, you can't buy – I haven't seen Brooklyn – beers anywhere else but kind of the tri-state area so i think yeah i don't know like there's like weird specific uh it's really strict like depending depending on how many barrels of beer they brew each year they can you know consider themselves craft if they stay under a certain amount of barrels brewed i feel like i feel like lagunitas definitely used to be like craft but then now it's like it probably is too big now yeah. right oh yeah they're they're everywhere I mean, you can yeah. get them here, Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, you see them everywhere. So there's no way they're under that guideline of craft brewer uh, brewery anymore. But <laughs> they probably started that way. Good for them for for blowing up, though. Yeah, definitely. Right on. Yeah. So why don't you uh, just tell us a, a little bit about yourself and your musical background? Okay. So I actually like, started out on drums when I was like, yes. it's super super fuzzy. My mom knows better than I do. And she always corrects whenever she says it's like, she's like, no, you started when you were 12 and a half or something. But it was somewhere around there, 12, 13. And then um, I ended up, my mom ended up betting me $100 one time that I couldn't learn Stairway to Heaven and <laughs> on guitar. And I think, I think it was because she secretly wanted me to stop playing drums. <laughs> I ended up doing it in like a week or two. And then I really wanted to get this ride cymbal. 
I got the ride cymbal. And then very shortly after that, I, I wasn't really playing much drums and I was just playing guitar. And then I ended up uh, like quitting skateboarding for guitar and like all this other stuff in my life kind of started revolving around it. And then I had like a really great teacher for about like a year named Corey Christiansen in St. Louis, Missouri, where I mainly grew up. And then after that, I was pretty much self-taught throughout high school after he like set me up with some fundamentals. Nice. And then I went to the University of North Texas for uh, a music undergrad, and then uh, I minored in music theory. Okay. And then I spent the next like year and a half recording my album, Dream State, and doing some touring for that. Cool. And then the next move was to move up here. So that's kind of where I am now. Awesome. So why did you decide uh, to move to Brooklyn just because it's New York and... Yeah, awesome I, I, came, I came up here a good amount last year, and I really liked... It was, it was basically between, like, Brooklyn and, like, Washington Heights area. Okay. But, um, be, like, trying to find a place in New York without living here is, I'm sure, as you know, it, it makes it a little bit trickier. So this was, like, I had a homie from school who was living in this place, and he had, like, a couple rooms open up, and it was, like, perfect timing. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and then it just all worked out. I don't know, like, if I'll stay, like, right now I'm in Crown Heights, which I really love that area, but it'd be awesome to be, like, in bed or, or, like, uh, Bushwick. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not too familiar with, with Brooklyn. I haven't been into Brooklyn a whole lot. I've lived here about a year and a half. Um, but, yeah, I hear Bushwick and, like, Williamsburg are, like, the places to be, especially yeah. here. Like, Bushwick... Yeah, Bushwick is. I, I've heard it's like it's the it's how to be close to Williamsburg without without having to like pay. <laughs> Williamsburg, nice. but still everything's getting super expensive. So it's oh my great. god, it's insane. So you moved up here for music? Yeah, okay. yeah, just just to just to mess up all my sense of stability. <laughs> Texas is awesome. I, I do really like Texas, and it's way better than people expect, but. It's the kind of place where you can, like, raise a family as a musician and be, have, like, your church gig and your cover band and, like, have your routine, at, routine every week. And then it's, like, I, I, I saw what was happening to people and the kind of lifestyles that that encouraged. And I didn't really want, didn't really want that for myself. So sure. mainly, this was the place where, like, I was the most afraid to, like, move for so long and... And that's probably, that's probably what makes it the best place for you to go to yeah. if you're most afraid yeah. to be there. Then you're forced to figure stuff out and grow as a musician yeah. and a person. That's awesome. So far, it's been it's been really – it's super inspiring and the most humbling every day. Yeah. It's constantly just like chewing you up. Yeah, yeah. There's an insane amount of talented people in New York. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's – yeah. You're a small fish in a big pond here, that's for sure. Yeah, of all facets, because it's just yeah. like just musically, it's insane, and then just like all the arts and all like just the thinkers and yeah, and culture, and there you just see so much crazy, crazy things in the yeah. in the subway. <laughs> Dude, I've seen like better bands in the subway than like our hometown in Milwaukee for the most part. Oh, yeah. Not 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 saying our hometown in Milwaukee doesn't have good bands, but the subway talent is like out of this world. I'm like how are you oh. sitting on a subway platform? You should be headlining uh an amphitheater somewhere. 
But and you'll see like some like little old man with like three strings on his guitar, and he's just like singing the blues, and it's just insane, insane, so much emotion. Yeah, and he's playing the guitar with his feet or something, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, how is this happening? It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Right on. You know, we found you on Instagram because you got a huge following of thirty thousand plus. Yeah. Is Instagram like your strongest social media outlet? I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like I, I like a little bit of a following like on Facebook, but definitely everything started with Instagram. And but that's like a super like really strange, surreal kind of part of my life. Yeah. Are you, is that more uh, like what you're drawn to, or is that what you found to work, or how come Instagram over the other sites per se? It's kind of just like what happened. Like I used to, I used to just use it like really, really casually. I mean, I still try to use it casually, but like uh, I just do the shots where it was like only shots in my hands, and I'd be like playing some fifteen-second long thing because back then that was how long they allowed the videos to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like I was like seeing someone at the time that that told me and say, hey, like you should record in front of a window, like like this one. Uh, <laughs> And, and like show your face and then like be interactive. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then I did that. And then like a year later, it was probably like close to like 5,000 followers. Cause it went from like being like just under a thousand to like when my album came out about a year ago from this week, uh, it was, it was at 5,000. And then in this past year, it's gone up another 25,000, which has been, that's insane. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand it. I'm just trying to like put out consistent things that are that are. I don't think are boring because hopefully, if I don't think they're boring, then other people won't think they're boring. Yeah, totally. They're definitely not boring, and I recommend everyone go find. It's h o r a c e b r a y dot music on Instagram. He's got uh, tons of amazing videos, and. Unbelievable chord voicings. They're just gorgeous. Like, even when you're not doing crazy polyrhythm uh, cool stuff, when you're just playing just pretty chords, they're with your sure guitar and your amazing tone. I'm just always like, oh, this fucking yeah, yes. You. Yeah. So, what did you see? Like, a, uh, when you first started on Instagram, you had zero followers like everybody else. Did you yeah. see, like, a, was it like a gradual, uh, like a gradual steady incline of followers, or were there like certain videos that just like, bumped up that went viral or like how did you grow your following how did that go do you even recall yeah every once in a while there'd be like a video that would do extra well because it's all about the whole thing with instagram is like the hashtags and getting to the top of the hashtags and if you get to the top of the hashtags enough then you become a recommended page Mm -hmm. that shows on people's discover pages and if you basically the whole name of the game is posting consistently enough to work those algorithms so you're constantly being pushed to the top yeah and so I, I try to do it like two or three times a week, but there were a couple of videos, like the first, the polyrhythm video that I did, the three over four over five, that was like the Which first cool. thing that went, I don't know, like jazz viral on, on Facebook. Cause that got, that ended up getting like 70,000 views, which was like leaps and bounds way more than anything I had done. And that was like, right. When was it? It was about a year ago was when that first that first video kind of like popped and it did pretty well on instagram too but there hasn't been anything that's gotten like a million views on instagram but 
basically like it was pretty steady. I used to do the thing where it's like you just try to comment on everyone's thing and like follow people. Yeah. And but that's like it's kind of it's kind of bullshit. It is. I've, it's, I, it's, I, no it's not the way to do it. I've been trying to build my personal Instagram and our band Instagram. And I've been like, I get so disheartened because at first I was real naive. I'm like, wow, this like really good guitar player just liked my thing and he commented and he has 20,000 followers and he's only following like 500 people. He must really like me. And then I see like an hour later, he unfollowed me and I'm like, why did he do that? And I'm like, oh, I get it. He's just like fishing, gonna, you know? Yeah. You're not going to build a fan base like that. No. Um, which it takes a second to realize that. Yeah. Basically, after that, like, there were certain feature pages, like, um, like Guitar Players Daily or, like, Pickup Jazz was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, it's, like, I was one of the people that were featured on Pickup Jazz pretty regularly, right, right like, right when it was, like, blowing up. Because um, now they have, like, 200,000 followers. Oh, shit. But we started those pages around the same time. But that they're just, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but Sam Blakelock runs Pickup Jazz, and he, it's basically, like, Featuring people that are doing jazz stuff on Instagram. Oh, cool. And do they feature you? Occasional stuff. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. And then there are a couple other pages that like started to feature me, and those would be like big bumps. And then it would be like, if, if at any time I stopped posting, like a couple times a week, it would immediately drop off. Like immediately. Really? Your next video, you would see like way lower numbers? Uh, Yeah, like, like basically. It would. I took, I took a trip to Dallas a couple weeks ago, and I didn't post the week I was there. Mm-hmm. And then, basically, like the follower increase dropped by ninety percent, or if not more, Jesus. like within a week. So it's like the algorithms really like you to post consistently. Sure. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And I know, like with Instagram, kind of like Facebook, it used to be like you would see in your feed. It would just be chronological, so anyone you're following, whenever they posted a video, they would just show up in that order. And now they switched, like Facebook. Now it's algorithm-based. It's all whoever has the most interaction, you see that first, and you're lucky to see if somebody posts a video, even if you're following them, or a picture that doesn't have a lot of interaction, that gets just thrown way to the bottom, and chances are you never see that. So. Yeah, I thought about that, and I feel, I feel pretty lucky that I started working on it before they made that switch. Yeah. I feel like now it really it does benefit the people that already had a following. Sure. Yeah. And it makes it a lot harder to like get pushed up to the top without like a big bump by like being featured on someone's page or like randomly having the algorithm gods like pick you to be at like the top of the guitar hashtag for like a day. Right. Yeah, and and if you don't know how to to do that naturally, there they, I mean there aren't like there aren't, I mean, it's all algorithm based. So you're not just going to get lucky if you post a hashtag with guitar and you have four followers and nobody likes or comments on it. Like, you're screwed. It's hard. It's really hard to break in if you're already behind, like you're saying. So, yeah, you need some sort of bump. And of course, being consistent is important and hashtagging the right way. Um, but, yeah, it's really tough to, to now, if you're behind already, it's really tough to break out because everybody that's posting ahead of you that has more followers and more interaction by default almost, like you're never going to get ahead of them unless you get some sort of bump or shout out. Yeah. And some people will buy followers, but that never works because it's like the only thing that that will ever do is make it impossible to get your interaction to the level it needs to be for the algorithms to pay attention to you. Is it because it's like a ratio of 
how many followers yeah. you have to how many interactions you're getting. Yeah. yeah so you're exactly. shooting yourself in the foot if you do that, really. Yeah. If, if you buy like, a, like even like a thousand followers and it's like you double, you go from a thousand to two thousand. The only thing that that's done is superficially make you look like inflate your Instagram ego. But like it, it just made your interaction look like it dropped by 50 percent. Yeah. So you're just so killing yourself doing that ever do that even on facebook because facebook it's like you pay for advertisement or you pay for like the likes like to be shown to people's pages but all the pages that automatically like pages are the fake pages yeah. that are like hiding in in instagram because you'll end up i've heard about people that have paid for a bunch of facebook ads to like have their page shared and then they look at their fan base and it's all like 90 percent of it is in like a couple towns in india yeah 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 and which it's like it's not to say that there are people in India that are paying attention to it, but it's like for it to be that higher percentage, it makes it seem like it's at one of the, like the cell phone farms. Exactly. Yeah, that's man, that's crazy. Social media is just <laughs> never give them any money. Never give them any money. <laughs> that's the thing. If you do it organically, you'll be rewarded. But yeah, you can't try to shortcut it because it's unless you're paying for a legitimate advertisement, like placement in a good blog or something, and you're getting like real readers to come follow you based on that. But yeah, if you're just buying likes or follows or ads on Facebook or whatever, it's like you say, you're shooting yourself in the foot because now your percentage of interactions goes down immediately. Yeah. And you're worse off. If you're trying to like, if you post about a show and you're trying to get that to a specific location like that, it works well for that. Sure. The actual getting fan base that you can't, you can never buy it for sure. So that was all like the good stuff with the Instagram. What uh, is there any like mistakes you made when you first started, or do's or don'ts? Like, it would help somebody say like, "Oh, I'm gonna try doing kind of what you're talking about." But you know, what you what troubled you starting off doing it? Uh, well, it was, it was it was a big learning experience, and it was a lot of the the things that I did like quote wrong were were like just like not showing my face, like not posting consistently not paying attention to lighting and like what the thumbnail looks like because the thumbnail is like the first thing people see. And if it's like, if your thumbnail is you, like you say, you can't really see your face and it's like, there's the guitar up there and it's like, it's this weird looking thing. Like no one's going to click on it. Right. Some people be like, Oh, that's a guitar. Like I'm going to do that. But it's like, you're in a sea of stuff. So it's like, you want to, it's kind of, it's kind of silly. But it's like I try to make sure like the video starts with me like with my face that has like good lighting on it and the, the shadows falling in a in an appropriate spot and like it's always tough because I don't have like a lighting kit or anything so it, it's very dependent on the sun. <laughs> I only post between the hours of eleven and one. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. yeah. I like I yeah, there because at a certain time of day. Yep. It, it's uh, it like overexposes the reflection on the guitar for the iPhone, and it's like I, I'm not competent enough with video editing stuff to like fix that. But then sometimes in a video, it'll like there will be cloud cover, and then halfway through the video, it'll be like a good take, and then the sun will come out, and then it'll just be like red. <laughs> so then I have to. It's it's some days it's really funny, but uh, basically the things to avoid are just like the. Seem to make show them that you are a human using a phone, and you're like you're a real person on the other side. And then, uh, quality content, consistent content, and make sure you like hashtag appropriately. 
Sure, sure. And don't take it too seriously. That's the other huge thing, is that it's just like it's like a silly little game. Sure. The big thing I just picked up on was you do this all from your iPhone. Yeah, it's only my iPhone actually. So you don't need a two thousand dollar camera for the product that you're trying to put out there because the quality looks great. The sound is. Are you running it through a recording program or straight? Just recording it with the iPhone. So that right there, yeah, I, awesome. I angle the amp like towards the phone, and I try to. I've, I've experimented like with putting it in different places because some rooms it doesn't work well. Sure. Luckily, oh. this room like it's pretty. It's pretty dead, and there's enough stuff to like absorb the sound around. But like some people like have a Canon five D, seven D, whatever, and then they have like a lighting kit and like they record everything direct in, but. Well, well, that's cool, and th that would probably be better for like YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. The only thing like with the iPhone is that sometimes, since like Instagram, it's everyone watches it on their phone, so the video quality doesn't really have to be that great. It just has to be good enough. Right. Sure. It'll look, it'll look pretty HD on on Instagram, but if, sometimes if you watch it on a computer, like a lot of my videos, you'll notice that they're not as good of quality. Totally. But iPhones also really like good natural lighting. Like it, iPhones in low light are awful. But if you have like if you learn how to set the exposure on your on your phone and like the brightness thing, whatever it's called, yeah. you can get that looks. I uh, that looks really good. I've been trying to figure that out more recently. Are you doing the front of the camera or are you flipping it around too? I just use I just use the selfie camera. Really. So I can, like That's job. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think a lot of people are deterred by that, thinking I want to do these videos, I want to do something, but I gotta have a good camera. And I mean, realistically, for the Instagram portion of it, yeah, you can get away with a lot as long as you are understanding yeah. of how it works and you can edit. Yeah, for me, like the the ability to have a monitor, like the screen functioning as like a monitor to see yourself and make sure the lighting is good and like it's framed well and all those things. That helps the shot and the quality go up way more than having a camera that's a little bit better, in For my sure. opinion. And I think a lot of people don't don't think about that because they'll have like that they'll they'll use the better side of the camera, but it it'll look all weird. So it, it's like, what what do you even do it for? Yeah, exactly. Right. See, I don't, Mike. Unfortunately, my selfie camera has like I dropped it, and uh, so there's like a it's like blurry because this fucking lens is messed up. And I yeah. repaired the screen, but the, the lens never got fixed. So I, I have one of those um, little, like, uh, it's, it's like a three-pronged, I forget what it's called. You can buy them on Amazon for, like, 20 bucks. It's a cell phone holder that you can adjust. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've gotten pretty good at, like, figuring out, like, where my head's going to be and setting the phone in the same spot. So I, I'm, I've gotten pretty good at that, but I, I wish I could flip it around and see myself when I do my videos. And then I also import them onto my computer and edit them a little bit in iMovie. But the problem with that is you can't post to Instagram from your computer. There's no way to do it. I wish you could do that. I wish you could do that. But I think it's like they kind of want it to be a more like low key right. kind of way making videos. So if you if you're interested, the workaround is there's a website called buffer.com and it's sort of uh -huh. like Hootsuite and you just you can you connect to your uh, your social media sites like Instagram. And then you can upload your video there and type your caption and everything if you want and schedule when you want it to post. 
And uh, you can schedule pretty- it whenever you want, and then it pushes. You have to download the app to your phone, so it pushes it back to your phone, and then your phone you get an alert like, "Hey, you have to post now," and it pushes that video back, and then you can post. It just opens like through Instagram. It just pushes the video there. Uh, so that's Buffer.com. If you're, I mean, I don't think you need to do any video editing, but and, and I don't know if it's helping or hurting me having a little like I just have a little bit of editing going on occasionally, but. Um, yeah, like sometimes I put text on. I just like I, I airdrop it to my computer and then I throw it in the Final Cut. I really want to start using Premiere because everyone's been telling me, like, why are you using Final Cut? Yeah, yeah. But I just throw it into like a video editing software and then put the text in, and then I then I usually just airdrop it back to my phone and then post oh. it that. Sure. So is that when when you when you add like uh, like the annotations and the text to some of your like stories or whatever? Is that how you do that? Uh, for the stories, that's just all built in, uh, in Instagram. Okay. Like, like the little sticky text. They, yeah. They, yeah. They stealing. I think they have all of Snapchat's technology now. <laughs> yeah, they did. They totally. Not even be like a bunny or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but that stuff's really fun. But like whenever I do like titles and stuff, like where it says like, like there was a, uh, I, ha- I haven't really done many, but like I did one for my song Melancholic, mm-hmm. which is just like melancholic, and then it fades away. But that was in Final Cut. Oh, nice! And you posted that to Instagram. Yeah, I posted a minute-long clip of it to Instagram, and I posted a full video to YouTube, which I've been meaning to do more, and I really want want to do like more multi-cam shots, mm-hmm. but. A lot of times, it's like okay, forty-five minutes to like write a minute long composition and then film it and get a good take and then like edit it or like on whatever basic level that is and then like post it until until like I have to like run and go to some rehearsals. Right. Yeah. So I don't I have enough time. Sometimes that's yeah, that's it's tough. Cause YouTube is like a whole different ball game, but it's the same concept. You have to post quality content regularly to grow your YouTube following, but I think YouTube is more uh, dependent on a higher quality camera and better cuts, better editing. Uh, whereas Instagram, it's a little bit easier if you're kind of on the go to just shoot decent stuff from your phone and post it. So, yeah, yeah YouTube is, it's, at least in my opinion, a little bit more difficult to kind of be consistent and grow on because you need higher quality video because you're competing with higher quality yeah. videos. So. I mean, there are definitely people that, like, just throw together some really, like, trashy, lo-fi stuff and, like, have that be their vibe. But then, like, if you do that, it, it allows you to make videos easier, but then, like, that's your new, like, MO. Like, that's what your your internet aesthetic becomes. Yeah, totally. Like, the band, have you heard of, uh, is it, I think it's Wolfpack or Wolfpack? Yeah, Wolfpack. Yeah, I mean, they're, that's the, they're, all their videos are, like... That's like their thing is iMovie where it's just that like really shitty zoom in and yeah. Now it's like, it's become really iconic with them. Yeah. I mean, and that's brilliant. Like let's make our thing like we can't afford better stuff. So let's make it the cheap thing. That's what we're going for. And then it worked. And then they never had to (laughs) invest in like a multi thousand dollar lighting system or anything. So yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have the money for it now. They're doing it well. Yeah, they're they're doing really. I mean, they're they're brilliant marketers. Like the way they, dude, for real, they are insane with some of the ideas they have and uh, cool music. If you kind of like jam, um, I don't know what, how would you describe their music. It's sort of like a jam 
it's like a yes. really really appropriate throwback to like the old soul kind of style like the james brown and like the prince and the sure it's like I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about them. I think they're nailing it, and they're just... I think they're being very appropriate for what they're trying to do. And sure. they're doing it in a really interesting way. For sure. Yeah, they. I think they are nailing it, and they kind of have uh, a lot of sort of progressive ideas for, for like how they run their, their business and what they do yeah. musically. Like, they have a lot of guests on their recordings, and they give all of their guests equal uh, songwriting shares. And, and oh, that's cool. So even if you came in to do the, t- the hire like a, a a nice like a good percussionist to come in and do the tambourine, he gets an equal split, and it's like that's just how that, they do it. And it's it's kind like I don't know how to feel. Like, I think it's pretty cool. But if you're the guy that wrote most of the song and the guy get played the tambourine is getting an equal share, I can see how that <laughs> might be off putting to some people. But at the same time, it's kind of a cool like communal thing. Like hey, if you were part of the song in any way, you get an equal share and. Yeah, I think that's yeah, kind of cool. Sounds like they're not making it about the money. I'll be curious to see, like, like so now they have a couple albums out, and like there hasn't been like a huge shift in like the way that they're approaching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still doing the thing where like they come out with the instrumental, and then the next album they have the same song but with vocals on it, and they've done that a couple times. But I'm curious. It's it's to the point for me now where this next album will be telling to see how formulaic they're allowing themselves to be sure. with their albums. Cause it's starting to look like it might be a little bit formulaic. Yeah. Which yeah. Is fine. Like there are tons of bands that do that, but, but their whole vibe is sort of the opposite of that. I mean, they're sort of organic yeah. and yeah. natural. So if they, yeah. So I want to yeah. talk a little bit about, you're not just an Instagram dude. You also play live. Um, yeah. I came out to see you a couple weeks ago at, uh, what was it, the, the bar next door? Yeah, yeah, I'm playing there again tonight, actually. Yeah, do you, is that like a weekly, is that like a resident a residency? or? So he hit me up about just doing these two dates this month as like a trial thing, and then like we'll see about more in the future. I think they're going to be more. But like yeah, the last one was all like uh, my takes on jazz standards, and then the, the one tonight is all my original music. Which that's what the rehearsals for that I'm about to run to. Oh, nice. So do you do you get do you do more live shows doing standards or originals? Definitely like other people's original music and doing like soul and R and B and kind of hip hop kind of stuff. That, sure. that that's that's what I really that's where my heart is right now. Okay. Because I did the whole jazz school thing and jazz was a really big part of my life for a while, but now I'm like. There's more of an emphasis on like jazz adjacent things. Uh huh. Um, but I'm trying to think. Like, because uh, I just moved up here like a little over two months ago now. What oh, you're brand new to New York then. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm brand new. Like, oh, shit. I didn't realize you were that new. March 14th. Wow. Uh, and so I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I've been going to like the lesson at Arlene's grocery and like a couple other, like more soul and funk oriented things. And then I have, I've gotten a couple like standards things and I'm, I'm starting to play a couple like weddings, playing pop music. Um, but it's like, ideally I would love to just be like playing hundred percent people's original music and like covers of the music that I really find inspiring. Sure. And is that your own originals that you're ideally playing as well? Or are you? 
Yeah, I'd love for that to be a, to be a big part of it. Maybe not the most of it, but at least at least a big chunk. I already have a lot of my second album already written. Oh, cool! Um, but it's just a matter of like figuring out the funding and the and the logistics of that. I don't know if I'm going to record it in New York or if I'm going to fly out to Texas to record it or really, I'm. It's all kind of up in the air. I'm I'm trying to like I moved up here with very little expectation of how I wanted things to go, just to see how they naturally developed. And so far that's been, it's been a pretty cool approach. That's probably the best way to go. I mean, take things as they come and and figure out where your niche is and then go for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, So are you, and this is kind of a personal question, but this is sort of a, an open, we're trying to help everybody out and share stories and everything. Are you making a full-time living on your music? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. I, I have been uh, basically. Like I started gigging when I was like seventeen ish, and then sixteen, seventeen, and then uh, like my parents were still helping me out like in the beginning of college. But basically, since like my sophomore year, junior year of college on, it was uh, just making music. So what would be that be? Like since two thousand twelve. 2013 I've oh, been doing fun. it full-time wow. and, and I was able to like save up a chunk of change like a very very small chunk of change before <laughs> I moved up but basically enough to like if something went totally wrong like I'd get like one like I, I basically had like one or two months worth of expenses saved up so like if I get broken arm or like I ended up having like some bodega charge me almost fifteen hundred dollars like the day before rent was due that was the second month oh my god yeah. and so that was like i like barely scraped by with that and then uh but it's like yeah i'm mainly teaching and then i'm playing shows i'm starting to do a couple more like corporate weddings and that's all helping with like the rent making but luckily instagram really uh helped with that transition because I guess the when I when I told everyone it's like, hey, like I'm living in New York now. There were a lot of new people that wanted to like hit me up for lessons and oh, and like nice. a lot hit me up over Skype lessons. And then like it, it definitely has an ebb and flow to it. But I have a I have like a lesson coming out on Sound Slice uh, this next month on the seventh, I think. But that'll be a like a lesson pack thing. It's like it'll be like a 45 minute hour long thing that you can buy for like $30 and then you just have it forever. Well, that's cool. Uh, and then they like, they do all the tabs and they transcribe everything. And so it's like a, Oh, nice. I'm playing here and then everything's like to the left of me. And so the, that and they take care of all that. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be, hopefully that'll help <laughs> with everything. And then I'm gonna try to do another one of those, um, for polyrhythms on the guitar. That's the next the next, uh, I need to do that. I need to figure out when I'm going to film that and where, but yeah, totally. I think that maybe I'm wrong, but my impression is like your polyrhythms thing is what you're most sort of known for on Instagram. Like you're the, like the dude that like the cool polyrhythms and, and, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but that's the impression I got that I got that. I think you definitely should do a lesson on that because I think a lot of people dig that for sure. I think I think they would because like the two I did I did like two like three polyrhythm at a time videos. One of them was uh, four, three, four, and five. Another one was three, four, and seven. And both of those got like almost a hundred thousand. They're they're almost at a hundred thousand views on Facebook now. 
That's which awesome. like really isn't like it's not it's it's super crazy relative to the other stuff, but like in the big picture, it's like it's not not like anything too too insane. But well, I mean everything's relative, you know, because once you yeah. get if you're like, well, it's not like a couple million views, but once you get there, there's you'll see Ariana Grande has eight hundred and fifty million views on everything she does, yeah. and then you're like, well, it's pretty good. I have a couple million, but it's not huge, you know. So like, no matter where you're at, a hundred thousand is good. That's you're in the ninety ninth percentile when you get hundred thousand views. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. For we'll sure. see how it goes. I mean, I'm definitely gonna try to put out some more like higher quality stuff in the in the next year. Like some more like multi-cam shop with like maybe like working with a videographer, which would be cool. Totally. So I have a couple of stuff on YouTube that's like a little bit more like a, I don't know, has, has a little bit more of a professional look to it. But I really want to try to film. I might try to film some stuff at the gig tonight and just like have the iPhone set up and then have a couple of the originals thrown up on YouTube. Yeah, totally. I if I would have known that today was your original show, I would have tried to come down and make it. But I, unfortunately, I can't tonight. But so I hope I hope yeah. you do film it because I'd like to see some more of your originals, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, I noticed like seeing you live like afterwards. You're, uh, and I think people can probably tell this from this podcast. You're a very friendly, approachable dude. Um, is that like? Do you like when you play gigs? Are you? Do you tend to be pretty like uh, outward? And do you like talking to people? Are you? Would you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert? Or I was. I definitely for for most of my life, I've called myself like an introvert, and it's. I definitely need that kind of alone time to like reset and gather my thoughts. But uh, since like my album came out, I like I had to get good at it. <laughs> totally. You play you play the super intense music, and you'd be so in your head, and then you'd have to like just talk and meet people for 30 minutes and then go play another set. And it was like, it really fucked me up at first, but like, I don't know. I, it's something I've learned how to get better at, but it, a lot of it is just like relaxing. I was actually yeah. super nervous on that gig. Cause that was like my first time since moving up here, like playing my anything. Like that was the first thing under my own name since moving up here. So I was really, and that was like the first place i ever went to see music the first time i visited new york really so yeah so it was like it, it was crazy it didn't come across you looked super natural i didn't i, did, I wouldn't have guessed you were nervous i it just well, seemed like, like ah, so just another day in the park for me and nervous, like halfway through the set like i looked up and like the whole place was full or like at least in the in the middle part of it there were there were a good chunk of people i was just like oh fuck like oh no <laughs> I had to like take some deep breaths like during a bass solo and just like recenter myself. Yeah. Who is that the trio that you you played with? That that bass player was amazing. So was the drummer. Yeah, so the drummer and I went to school together and then uh bass player and I he the bass player is named uh, Tamir Schmerling and the drummer's name is Nolan Bird. Nolan's originally from California. We met at UNT. We were in like the one o'clock lab band together and we're in a couple other ensembles together. And then Tamir and I, he was, Tamir was one of the first people I met when I was up here, just like playing a bunch of sessions uh, and just trying to meet as many people as I could. And then we really hit it off. And he has a really amazing facility and approach to music. And then, yeah, so they're actually who I'm about to meet up with. What time is it? I got to keep an eye on it. Uh, at like, we're meeting up at like two to five in Washington Heights. We're going to have like a three hour rehearsal. 
and we're going straight to the gig and then playing the music for like the first time with that group. Oh man. So we'll see how it goes. I think it'll, I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be really fun. Like there were so many things that almost happened. Like the drummer almost had like jury duty today. And then, <laughs> oh, that would have sucked. <laughs> yeah. We had to like move the rehearsal super last minute. Uh, but it'll be cool. It'll be cool. I'm really looking forward to it. You, uh, you'll probably hit pause on your beer drinking until after the gig then to make sure everything goes well. And <laughs> Yeah. I might need a couple little sips of wine before we start, but yeah. There we go. Right on. <laughs> where where do you see yourself uh, five years from now? I'd love to be, I'd love to just like, ha- the, the moment that I picture in my head is just like having a, like being on some traveling thing of my music or someone else's like in Europe and then it's like, yeah, like we have, we have like a day off in France and then I'm just like sitting somewhere in France and just looking at it's like, well, I guess it, I guess it happened. <laughs> I made it. That, that would be, that would be awesome. Cause I really want to travel more. I, I really haven't been able to travel much in my life. I've, I've gone to Mexico a couple of times, but like the very Americanized parts so it's like yeah, Cancun I, or something, Cabo. I just I just really want to go out and experience experience more things in general, but especially uh, specifically more cultures. So I, yeah, five now, just like experience, like continuing to like experience new things and push myself into like uncomfortable places. That's awesome. That's I think that's Jeff. That's definitely Jeff. And my goal is like. For sure. Traveling is amazing and playing music is amazing. So if we can do both at the same time, like international touring, that would be, yeah. there you go. You know, that would be a dream come true. And the one thing that's consistent with all the people that are doing that is that they never gave up. So it's like, oh, for sure. Like as long as you keep on caring about the thing and you keep on doing it, it's like, there's just totally enough room for everybody, but it's like, there's only enough room for the people that really want it. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Like nowadays with the, the music industry, there's a lot there's going to be a lot fewer opportunities to be a monster rock star. Like, there's going to be a lot less uh, Katy Perry's and Ariana Grande's, I think. But there'll be a lot more middle-class musicians. Yeah. You just have to bust your ass and really, really want it because there's so many musicians out there now with access to cheap recording and throwing stuff up on SoundCloud that there's definitely more noise that you have to break through from. But if you can do that, consistently uh there's yeah. a way to make a living i think yeah and it's like making a living doesn't necessarily mean really extravagant like the the, the frame of my of my camera is probably a third of my room <laughs> oh yeah yeah living in a little little tiny box it's 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 a very lovely box but it's a very tiny box <laughs> it's a lovely box but yeah i'm on i'm on long island so i'm about 40 40 minutes from the city and okay it it doesn't get a whole lot cheaper, surprisingly. It's it's the same thing. I live in a small... Is it like the same price, but just the rooms are a little bit bigger? Pro- yeah, I'd say. We have a small, small two-bedroom place for like 1700 bucks. I don't know. compared. I mean, that's definitely cheaper than Brooklyn and uh, yeah, probably where you're at. But Yeah, that's definitely cheaper than what I'm having to chill out. It's probably Whoa. two <laughs> to three times more expensive than a similar place in Milwaukee where I'm from. So, like... To me, I was gonna say, insane. it makes you feel any better. I got it in a house for less than what you're paying in rent. Yeah, with no, land. It, it does not make me feel better, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was living in Texas, it, I was I was like, I had two roommates in a big house, 
and we were each paying four fifty. Yeah. Oh. And, like up here now, I have four roommates in like an apartment where all the rooms are super tiny, and I'm paying like twice that. So it's oh, like, gosh. yeah. So oh. it's hilarious. But like life has a way of making it work out, and it's it's kind of a cool. It's definitely a cool vibe. There's it's it's worth it in a lot of other ways. Totally. There's nothing like New York City. I mean, there's just nothing like it. Um, Dude, there's real. nowhere else in the world like New York City. Um, but you have to pay for that cool experience for sure <laughs> cool man well i don't want to take up any more of your time i know you got a rehearsal and stuff to get to i just have to catch a train in a couple minutes cool uh well quick before you go we want to shout out um a new local artist for every podcast kind of help grow the scene a little bit so is there anyone you can think of that you'd like to just shout out that people should check out besides yeah, yourself there's, uh there's this really great singer that i got to play with this past Sunday at the venue, come on, everybody, named Allison Pontier. She also does a lot of stuff on Instagram. Um, she does, like, modeling, and she's a an amazing singer, an amazing songwriter. And she, like, we just played our first show, and it, like, went really well. So definitely keep an eye out for her. And then someone who's been on the scene for a while but not a lot of people know about outside of New York is Louis Cato, who is just one of the most musical humans I've ever witnessed. Like, awesome. like Stevie Wonder level of like musicality oh, no on all these different instruments. Like, it's great. Right. No way. I'm definitely excited to check them out. Can you spell Pontier, Allison Pontier? It's spelled uh, like Pontier, P O N T H I E R, okay. but it's uh, pronounced Pontier. And Louis Cato, is that C A T O? Yep. Cool. All right. Well, I'll definitely look them up. Um, I'm going to shout out a local Milwaukee artist. I'll throw it back. Uh, we've played a lot of shows with them. A band called Modern Echo. Uh, they're always killing it in the scene. So check them out if you like good hard rock music. Jeff, who you got? Right on. Uh, probably I was thinking Madison based. We got uh, Fall to Rise. They got that. Uh, what? Where country is she from? Um, the they're, lead singer. They're all from. Most of them are from Puerto Rico, I think. Or, okay, yeah. I hope. If I'm wrong, it's such a weird, cool vibe with her voice clashing with the music it's they got something hot going on there so i definitely shot them out coolio all right horace well don't miss your train thanks so much for taking time yeah. you're easy to talk to and appreciate it oh likewise thank you guys so much for having me on all right man for sure man. i'll see you at a show at yeah. some point and I'll, i'm gonna hit you up yeah, for yeah. a lesson <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah all right, all right see dude. you guys right. See you Great day. so that was our first podcast how do you think it went uh, not terribly. I, I must say, like, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't know if we were going to fucking blow ass or if we was going to go all right. And I think it went all right. I don't know. Must have been the beer. Must have been the beer. Uh, yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. If you made it this far, you either have nothing to do or you're as drunk as we are. So either way, thanks for making it this far. And, uh, thank you very much to Horace for coming on. You were an awesome guest. An awesome first guest. You made it really easy for us. That's what she said. For sure. Big, likable dude. Check him out. We'll post a bunch of links at the bottom of the description. And uh, please give us your feedback. Good, bad, whatever it may be. We want to make this podcast awesome for everybody. Artists as well. And your input is uh, definitely uh, will help us with that to make this something great. Yeah, so like, let's 
grow the scene together if you want to be on the podcast if you have something to add if you just want a platform to air your grievances about how things are going for you things you want to see better in the music industry or things that you've done that have worked really well that you want to share uh this is uh, all about growing the scene and growing the community and not necessarily just musicians i want to point out if you are a photographer or graphic designer or dancer or fucking beer master brewmaster like if you're an artist of any type and would like to be on and talk about the arts obviously jeff and i play in a band called lost in a name and we are geared towards music so most of our guests will probably be musicians or people in the music industry but we're not exclusive for sure for sure any artist or local business that wants things are going for them send us an email at Lost in a name at gmail.com for now until we are rich enough to afford a second email with a podcast. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, I guess this is signing off. And uh, thanks again for listening. I'm Jeff. I'm Danny. And this is the Lion Podcast. That is Local Indie Artist Network. Suffocates my mind Marks where I